Hello and welcome to On Top of PR. I'm your host, Jason Mudd. Today we're joined by Mark Sherwood. Mark is the Deputy Executive Director of Marketing at Detroit Public School Communities. Mark is a senior marketing executive who's going to share a little bit about his experience working in education and in the construction fields and teaching us ways that we can adapt to different audiences and different climates. Uh, Mark is a, somebody I've known for uh, many years, and you're going to enjoy getting to know him better as he shares some of his smarts and insight from his 20-plus year career. And without any further ado, let's get you On Top of PR. Welcome to On Top of PR with Jason Mudd, presented by ReviewMaxer. Hello and welcome to On Top of PR. I'm your host, Jason Mudd with Axia Public Relations. I'm joined today by Mark Sherwood, an engineer turned marketer, and uh, thrilled to have him on the show today. Mark, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Hey, it's good to see you, Jason. Glad I can be here. Yeah, we're glad you're here too. So, uh, Mark, let me introduce you briefly, and then I'll let you do a little bit of a deeper uh, introduction. Uh, but, Mark, you are the Deputy Executive Director of Marketing uh, for Detroit uh, Public Schools Community. Um, you There, you develop uh, and manage annual marketing and communication strategies, staff, budgets, research, competitive analysis, and surveys. Um, and so you started out in engineering and then landed into the uh, marketing corporate communications. Uh, give us a brief summary of your um, uh, transition and, and your process of, of landing where you are now. Yeah. So um, years ago, I had an opportunity to, uh, I, coming out of college, I, most of my focus was in industrial engineering and technology. Had an opportunity in Florida to work for a small firm and develop electrical components and design them. And before long, management came to me and said, hey, we need your, our help with some brochure development and postcards and our trade shows. And so very quickly into my young career, I discovered I liked marketing much more than I liked engineering. Mm -hmm. And from that day on, the bug bit me and I pursued and tried to learn as much as possible from all the design tools at that day and time and, you know, graphic design and layout and uh, copy work. Um, but mind you, even when I was in college, um, I had an opportunity. I took some design courses, uh, graphic design courses, but I also uh, wrote for uh, the, the school newspaper. I went to Central Michigan. Was, I think at the time it was a top five newspaper. So I got an opportunity to learn how to write and okay. understand, um, get some early lessons, even from a, from a promotional or, or even a PR or journalist side. Right. Of events, so. Right. Well, that's how I got started too in the journalism side. And then somebody exposed me to doing PR. I was very reluctant, uh, but discovered I had a passion for it and loved helping people tell their stories. So uh, I absolutely get that, Mark. So um, yeah, so Mark, you are uh, basically a native of, of Michigan. You moved to Florida. Now you're back in uh, Michigan. And um, you seem, sounds like you have a very interesting job. So um, I guess kind of tell us a little bit about uh, your mission um, and focus uh, in your current role. Sure. Um, obviously, and I talked the beginning, my, the beginning of my career was much more in the private sector mm -hmm. um, and, and B2B kind of work. But um, about seven years ago, I got the opportunity to transition into, into education. And um, my backgrounds uh, over the years and 20 plus career, 20, yeah, 20 year plus career has been in branding. So taking my work that I did um, initially in Florida um, for a school district down there and rebranding the district, the opportunity here in Detroit uh, as the, as the new district was, was re kind of being reborn out of uh, many years and under emergency management and state run and um, 
there was corruption, you name it, everything that could go wrong with a school district Detroit had been dealing with um, for well over a decade. So when I got the opportunity to come to Detroit and rebrand a district, I thought, well, this is probably one of the biggest challenges. It's not only, uh, you know, raising the Titanic, but it's raising the Titanic, turning it back to, towards New York and avoiding all the icebergs. So right. um, as a marketer, I think any anybody telling you we're going to give you the worst brand possible and you really have to turn it around. And if you don't think that that's a challenge that you would want to undertake, then you're probably in the wrong field. So that was one of the reasons why I took this challenge. Um, but not only that, I, I grew up here in Michigan, kind of coming back to where, where my life was and where my home is or many of my family members um, still kind of reside. So coming to a district that was in, was decimated um, with a new process, a new system um, and a lot of new employees and, 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 and a new team and a new kind of a, a, a new wave um, was extremely intriguing. And that's why I jumped at it. And I knew when I came in. And education, you'll find out most most school districts aren't really marketing centric. They're much more mm -hmm. communications driven or right. crisis communications driven. So mm -hmm. I've I've been at every role that I've gone in education. It's like you're the first marketer, build a marketing team. So that that was the other key challenge mm -hmm. that I was really thrilled to be a uh, be a part of coming to Detroit. Very nice. Well, Detroit is something we have in common. As uh, as I was a kid, uh, my mom's side of the family is uh, all from Detroit. And so I would spend my summers in Detroit uh, in the uh, 80s and 90s, um, yeah. early 90s at least. And uh, I remember at some point I had a, a T-shirt about the same color as your shirt that said, uh, I'm so bad I vacation in Detroit. And uh, <laughs> I would wear that proudly. So, uh, you know, and that was a long time ago. So I know Detroit has, uh, you know, had better days um, yeah. and certainly um, looks like hopefully is coming out of, uh, you know, some difficult times. So talk to me for a minute, kind of, you know, your role is the school district, but overall, there's an initiative to kind of change the public perception of Detroit from what I described, you know, in the yep. uh, in the uh, early 90s, having that shirt to uh, where we are today. So um, talk a little bit about that initiative and who all's involved and what's been the progress so far. Absolutely. And I think that's um, one of the, the, the biggest difficulties that we have in Detroit is is, is reputation management or brand management, um, certainly outside of the uh, outside of the city, outside of the state of Michigan. You know, the further out you go, people bring those those perceptions or nuances that they've learned about the city and are immediately like, oh, yeah, that's, it's a tough city. It's certainly a blue collar, bring your pal kind of uh, kind of uh, mentality. Um, but the city has gone through some, some great re revitalization, um, and, and not only in its downtown areas, but some in certain neighborhoods, you're starting to see the kind of growth that, um, my parents probably experienced in the, in the fifties and the sixties at that time, you know, the school district was one of the premier school districts in the country. It was kind of the model of public education school district. Um, people from LA and New York and Chicago will come to Detroit to kind of see how they manage it because they certainly were at the Industrial uh, Revolution earlier in the, in, the, in the previous century. It you know it was at a at some point well over two hundred fifty thousand students, so it's one of the largest in the in the country. Okay. Now, because of some of the issues that happened for many years in the um, not only in the community and some of the, um, uh, the, the the blight of the community, some of the uh, the the infrastructure and the investment, it certainly takes an impact on the schools. So when I had this chance to come back and work, um, the first thing that I had to take to take you know as far as to do is build a team around myself, kind of almost like an in-house agency, which has taken a little bit of time, but then also 
come out of it basing what our strategic plan is and trying to take those those uh, some of those key strategic plan elements and kind of start wrapping them into a new branding process get it give something that people um, can can gravitate towards you know I always talk uh, internally about brand promise and brand actions and making sure that they align and when they don't align obviously brand equity I don't need to train you but brand equity goes down so my goal has really been to establish a baseline of brand equity and then start curating a bunch of tactics on an annual basis or not just annually but weekly monthly that are really aligning our strategic plan and our actions as well as with uh um, the overall sentiment here in Detroit. And we're starting to see some some growth in not only enrollment, but also change in perception. And people are starting to re-believe in, in the school district that it can actually serve the students. And, you know, our goal is to no longer to be looked on as um, at the bottom of the barrel. You know, we want to get into the to the mid-range and eventually we want to be the one of the best urban school districts in the country. Mark, thanks for sharing that. I've got a lot of questions, but let's hold those for we take a quick break here and um, we'll be right back after this message. You're listening to On Top of PR with your host, Jason Mudd. Jason is a trusted advisor to some of America's most admired and fastest growing brands. He is the managing partner at Axia Public Relations, a PR agency that guides news, social and web strategies for national companies. And now back to the show. Welcome back to On Top of PR. I'm your host, Jason Mudd. We're joined by Mark Sherwood. Mark, a uh, very interesting conversation we're having here. I want to kind of, I want to better understand how measuring enrollment is an indicator of your success. Uh, in other words, what's triggering that? Are more uh, students or parents opting to enroll their students in public school? Or is it showing a sign of Detroit growing? Uh, kind of help me understand that, that measure. Um, right now, what we're experiencing is, um, I think, like I said, I think a belief in a, in a system um, that hasn't been in place for, for many years, well over a decade, like when the school district was run under emergency management. So I think they're seeing uh, local control by a school board. They're seeing mm -hmm. a superintendent who is owning the work. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing uh, new systems and new curriculum that's aligned to the state standards. So I think those are some of the big pulls right now. Mm -hmm. But then they also think that they're not seeing um, kind of a disjointed view or messaging between our schools to the parents as well as the district to the parents. And for school districts, um, that's one of the that's one of the issues. It's it's certainly a, a very hierarchical organization. So sometimes people look at the district much different in the same light that they look at their local school. So they tend to, they tend to, you know, grade or have an opinion of their school a little bit higher than they do of, of their school district. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we've worked hard on is making sure that our branding and our imaging at the school level is the same as with the district. So they definitely feel like we're in sync. So we've been working hard on that for the last couple of years. Right. I get that. And a lot of our audiences, you know, uh, working at uh, large corporations um, and they may, and there might even be economic development uh, professionals who are tuning into our show. And you know, they all say that obviously a, a good school system is what attracts employees, and therefore attracts employers who are looking to expand uh, into Detroit and to other cities. And a school system is a consideration. So, if a company is looking to move their headquarters or high wage jobs into a particular city, they obviously want to make sure that there's going to be good school systems to recruit talent from and good Absolutely. systems that the employees want to raise their children through. And so if they are looking at Detroit as a possible city to expand into, 
uh, they've got to make sure that the market that they're trying to attract candidates uh, offers a good work-life balance um, and a good community uh, to raise children. Absolutely. And in, in Detroit, certainly the infrastructure of having a strong labor pool as well as uh, good transportation and um, is, is truly important, I think, to these large mm-hmm. corporations, whether they want to come here. Um, Detroit has been very competitive on a number of large uh, um, organizations potentially bringing their headquarters here in, uh, in Detroit. Uh, the, probably the biggest organization is Quicken Loans, mm-hmm. and um, they definitely have have uh, invested in the community and are really working hard at trying to make sure that, you know, having the partnerships, um, you know, as far as a, a strong labor force. So that's definitely that we're trying to make sure that we have here in Detroit. Because not only as the, the labor force in years past, they, they tend to leave Detroit, just much like myself. I went to college here, didn't find a great opportunity and left and went to another state. I think they're trying to return that mentality to that if you're you're growing your 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 young career here uh, versus thinking that you have to leave the, the the city of Detroit to go find other opportunities. So a strong K twelve uh, solution to the families, not only here within the city but as well as even outside in Metro Detroit, is something that I think a lot of the school districts locally are focusing on. Got it. Got it. Thanks for sharing that, Mark. I, I want to get a better understanding of the collaboration that's taking place between your organization and um, the Economic Development Board there um, and perhaps others, uh, you know, state, local uh, type agencies and the, and the corporate community. What does that look like? So, yeah, there's probably two fronts. So you certainly have a, a, a stronger emphasis on business partnerships, but you also have a stronger emphasis on um, government relations, both at the city, state and the federal level. Um, those those relationships have not been strong in, in years past, but we've seen over the last four to five years starting to build up a, a greater momentum. Uh, the school district, we, we have some good, strong ties to our local sports franchises, uh, the Detroit Tigers, the Lions, the Pistons. Um and we also have some strong business partnerships with organizations like Quicken Loans and DTE, which is our local energy provider. And they are certainly not only them, but we also, you know, there's some of the uh, the automakers, uh, Stellantis and Ford. And, um, and those organizations are really investing back into our school district with advanced manufacturing programs, trying to increase the skilled trade programs of our mm-hmm. career technical education as well. Sure. Um, so those partnerships they understand that the relationship that they have or the programming that they have at our schools will only tend to lead to a stronger workforce, you know, right here in their own backyard. So it's uh, definitely been growing. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I think, you know, the public private partnerships like that are so critical to the success success of, uh, you know, any community, any major city. And it's all about, you know, gaining jobs and keeping jobs and offering attractive jobs. And, you know, a lot of our clients, you know, they operate, uh, you know, remote facilities and maybe even factories. And that's one of the challenges is if you grow up in some of these communities, if you don't get a job at this factory or at this, you know, one employer, there's only maybe Walmart and a couple other employers that are large employers in that marketplace. And so a lot of these parents are losing their kids to other cities because jobs are calling in those other cities. And so I think it's so important to have a stable uh, economy with lots of growth and employment opportunities. Yeah, we definitely have um, seen the the investment not only, and I, and I did mention some of the, the key corporations here in Detroit, but um, some of our uh, community-based partnerships, you know, we certainly have a strong one with United Way here in Detroit, uh, their skillmen. So those organizations are also working on making sure that there's training, making sure that there's college readiness and career readiness and scholarship opportunities. 
Um, most of our students, if they attend a Detroit school for four years, they have a certain GPA and a decent uh, college readiness score, ACT mm-hmm. or SAT. They can pretty much get their tuition paid to any public university here in the state of Michigan. Um, so that many of our students and our families are taking advantage of that as That's well. Great, yeah. A, what a great opportunity, uh, no doubt about it. All right, Mark. So one thing I, I told you earlier, I wanted to ask you about is, you know, based on your years of experience working in the construction industry, uh, both as an engineer and a marketer, and then con- uh, uh, transferring into education, if you were to land back in the construction industry, uh, what were what are some kind of lessons learned that you've you've picked up on, and how might you do things differently uh, based on your new experience, and ultimately possibly. Um, not saying that you are certainly, but if you were to return to the construction business, uh, how would you do things differently? Well, I, I mean, obviously, experience over the years has, has definitely helped me. Um, back in those days, it was very much focused uh, on the sales cycle, the proposal process, um, certainly client development and business development. I mean, that's right. I mean, that's their bread and butter. That's that's right. how they. Be, sure. You got it. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I've learned over the years is really how to surround myself with key individuals that have, you know, unique talents or unique skill sets. I thought at the time that I had to be able to do everything when I when I was early in my career. I had to be a great writer. I had to be a good graphic designer. Um, I had to be a, a trade show coordinator. Um, I had to be a great presenter. I had to be able to pr- prepare all the presentations. So I certainly. Um, was exposed to every different facet that you have in marketing in the construction industry. I think if I went back, I would make sure I surround myself with almost like a an in-house um, you know agency perspective, a little bit different than what I did in the years past, where I think I took on a lot more of the roles. Whereas I think segmenting it amongst a team, and then at the same time, also partnering with the right kind of agencies or organizations for some key high-level um, initiatives, um, whether it was if you're going into a new marketplace or you're really trying to capture a sector, let's say it was in government or if it was in uh, pharmaceutical or something. I, I definitely think there's bonuses to partnering with the right kind of firm that can help bring that thought leadership or that outside um, kind, of, kind of an unbiased viewpoint mm-hmm. of how you could have your best success. And I think at times within an organization, we tend to, you know, we have our own biases on what we think is going to work. Right. And we forget to ask ourselves on a daily basis, like, is there somebody on the outside could help me get there better, faster, quicker, more efficient? And do I have the funding to be able to do that? So I think in the construction industry, the funding is there if they obviously if the company is doing successful. So you got to know when to pull the, an agency support or a mm-hmm. key thought partner in at, at times. I think I would do that a little bit more on the construction side as well. Yeah. You're reminding me, you know, Bill Gates says, do what you do best and outsource the rest. Yep. <laughs> and uh, that's, I think what I'm kind of hearing you describe. So Mark, uh, you know, in, in closing here out here, uh, it's three years from today, you and I are having a conversation and you're really happy with your progress, uh, both personally and professionally. Uh, what has happened in those three years to make you so happy, Mark? I would probably say, well, first of all, in the current role, professional role I am, the the brand has really taken hold. It's seen uh, you know, double-digit growth in terms of how the confidence that, that we, we have. We've seen enrollment growth here in Detroit, and it's matching kind of the revitalization that's going on. And I don't want to say it's a renaissance, but some people call it a renaissance here in Detroit, um, much like in some of the other, other uh, urban cities around the country. So about three years from now, I always, I kind of judge myself on my previous brands, and I always kind of look back and think, 
are they still in place? Are they, are they growing? Are they successful? And that with the same brand that I own now, I want to see it in, in a successful place when I, when I, if, and when I decide to go on to, to a different brand, uh, brand opportunity. Um, I've been thankful throughout my career that almost every brand that I've had a chance to create is still being in play, almost pretty much in line with what I created at that time. So I, I take pride in that. And again, I think three years from now, if the brand is still operating and growing and other people are utilizing the tool sets that I have given them, then I think my job is done here and, and who knows where, where I'll be in the next uh, phase of my career. Mark, that's awesome. I love that your thought process is very long-term and you're thinking legacy uh, even this early in, in, in your career and even in the earlier um, you know, uh, roles that you've had at, at different organizations. So I'm sure those companies are very well, much benefiting from the work you did then and even benefiting on that work now. So that's great. Mark, I want to thank you for being on the show today. This was a great episode. Thrilled to have you. Thank you for sharing your smarts and your experience uh, with our audience. And uh, with that, that's another episode of uh, On Top of PR. And if you're interested in connecting with Mark, we'll put his contact information in the show notes so you can get a hold of him. I'm sure he's active on LinkedIn as well. And uh, again, Mark, thank you for joining us on the show today. Uh, this has been another episode of On Top of PR, where we're talking the latest topics, tips, and trends in the public relations profession to help you and your company thrive and survive in the most interesting times. So again, thank you for uh, your uh, listening or watching this episode. And if it was helpful to you, I hope you'll share it with a colleague and uh, they'll be thanking you for sharing it as am I. Be well. This has been On Top of PR with Jason Mudd, presented by ReviewMaxer. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and check out past shows at ontopofpr.com. <laughs>